Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King, the podcast which aims to guide Britain into the 21st century for the use of discussion and debate. I'm Conor Stanislavskis and beside me is Alison Bally, great auntie, co-host and fellow political enthusiast. This episode, we're joined by Labour's parliamentary candidate for uh, Haywood and Middleton, Elsie Blundell, to discuss the general election. Remember, you can listen to us on a walk, before a talk, in the park or in the dark on your preferred podcast app or website. So, hello Elsie, welcome to the podcast. Hello Connor, thank you for having me. Hello Alison. Hello. So, I think we'd like to start with kind of your background, um, like your education, your career, and the political experience, the political experience, sorry, that you that you might already have. So, would you like to discuss a bit of that? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't really have a, an overtly political background. Um, I grew up in a town called Barrow in Furness, which is quite similar to Haywood actually. Um, it's a farmer industrial town, very proud working class town, yeah. actually. Um, I grew up in a council house, single parent family. There wasn't really a lot of money around when I was growing up. Uh, we certainly didn't know any um, politicians, let alone professional people. Um, but what my mum, who was bringing me up, did know was that education is really important. Um, and so in terms of with the help of, of a Labour government in the 90s when I was growing up, um, I worked really hard at school, but I also had, my family had support, whether it was in terms of child tax credits, um, minimum wage, uh, later on for myself in terms of I had educational maintenance allowance, which really helped me, and I had grants uh, when I became the first person in my family to, to go to university. Um, and since then I've had a good career. Um, I've worked in politics. Um, I've worked in the um, for a charity called the Social Mobility Foundation, which is about helping young people from disadvantaged backgrounds into the top professions. And for the last five years, I've worked in the transport sector. Um, but I've never forgotten um, the power of education um, and the importance, actually, of the state and or a government that's on the side of young people that need it. Um, I feel like all young people and children have so much potential. Um, but in this country, it's often people from wealthy backgrounds or people whose parents know the system who get many of the opportunities. Um, under the Conservatives, we've actually got the worst, one of the worst rates of, of social mobility in the developed world. Uh, so some, that's something that you know really makes me quite angry, um, and I, I suppose that's one of the reasons yeah. that I'm in politics yeah. today. So could I just ask you about the education angle? Because mm. I remember when Tony Blair, <clears throat> his election campaign in '97 was education, education, education. So at that point, I would imagine. A fairly small percentage of school leavers went on to university. Now that has reversed, hasn't it? That there's only a small minority of people that then go into either an apprenticeship or um, a job. So do you think that balance is correct or do we need more of a 50-50? So my perception is that some parents thought that if their child didn't go on to university, they'd failed. So I feel that maybe, even though I support education fully, I think there has to be a balance based on your interests, uh, your skills, because I have known people um, through my own working life that are graduates that then end up in temping agencies because they've not been able to utilise the degree. So... 
Sorry, I'm sorry. That was such a long-winded question. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> no, I completely understand what you're saying, and I think we do have to get the balance right. I think that young people should be able to fulfil their potential, basically. Yeah. And to be supported by the parents that it's okay if you don't want to go to university. You're exactly. not a failure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I completely agree. And we really have to strengthen apprenticeships in this country yeah. uh, and other forms of technical education as Ooh. well. So that is seen as a really good, uh, strong alternative. I do think there is a very specific uh, problem in this country um, where we've got a problem where people in some of the professions uh, like journalism, so top journalists, 54% of them, I believe, went to private schools. When you get to high court judges, you've got 70-something percent of them. And even MPs, you know, that I'm hoping to become, um, 33% of them went to private schools. And I think that's a very specific problem about how, you know, social mobility and equality yeah. opportunity really is happening agree with that. Yeah, in this yeah. country. Yeah. yeah, so currently you're a local councillor for Boulderstone and Kakul. So could you tell us a little bit about your experiences with that? Yeah, of course. I absolutely love it. So I've been a councillor since 2019. It involves being really active in the local community, um, holding weekly surgeries, listening to residents, trying to help them. And it's been, yeah, a really, alongside my full-time job, um, it's been a fantastic um, opportunity and, and something that I really enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And um, congratulations again on being uh, elected this year um, in the recent local elections. Thank you. Um, I, I know that you you know you won quite quite a strong majority so uh, yeah congratulations on that thanks um, now moving on to the constituency Haywood and Middleton um, we'd like to discuss the basically the, the kind of background of the constituency uh, its demographics and a bit of its political history so would you like to start with that yeah, of course. So Haywood and Middleton as a constituency is quite large. It's home to around 80,000 people. We are going to have some parliamentary boundary changes ahead of the next general election. Oh. Uh, so that will make it smaller. Right, thank you. I was just going to ask, <laughs> so what impact will that have? Yeah, it will make it more in line with constituencies across the country. So, so. that is it a good thing that they're going to do this to, to, to change the boundary? Yeah, it does make it more consistent and the idea of it is that it makes it so um, the local areas are more connected. Whether it actually does that is another, some people might have different opinions yeah. on that. Um, but yeah, that's the idea, to make it to make it more consistent. And on the topic of the boundary changes, mm. um, I remember you mentioning the, um, so the electoral calculus website actually predicted that in 2019, Haywood and Middleton would have gone to the to, to the Labour Party rather than gone to Chris Clarkson. Um, how much of an impact do you think that figure could potentially have at the next general election? In terms of the boundary changes, yes, yeah. um, I think it might have a slight impact. Um, I think that um, there were. Um, there are very distinct areas uh, within Haywood and Middleton that each have their own identities and they each um, have their own um, demographics, um, whether that's from um, Haywood, which is a former mill town, to Middleton, which is a lot more Mancunian. Um, you've got Norden, Bamford and Castleton, of course, as well. Um, so they all voted in different ways um, at the 2019 general election. I would say that there's a lot of um, similarities between these areas, that some of the new areas, uh, that are going to be within the new boundaries. Haywood and Middleton as a whole, as a constituency, is an absolutely wonderful place. There is quite a high amount of deprivation there. So the ONS says that Haywood and Middleton um, is 
21% of the entire constituency is highly deprived and that's I think that's really interesting that's yeah. that's in comparison to Rishi Sunak's constituency for example of Richmond which apparently is 0% uh, deprived so that's that's quite a difference and I think deprivation comes up on the doorstep and linked to that we've got health problems as well so that's from mental health problems um, to things like depress so things like depression and um, to things like um, obesity and um, to um, various um, heart conditions and it's really um, you know whether you're speaking to somebody from um, Norden, Bamford, Castleton, Haywood or Middleton a lot of the time um, the concerns that get raised across the constituency are quite similar. Mm, that's um, interesting isn't it yeah. because Bamford and Norden is quite affluent areas yeah yeah but they're experiencing similar issues what issues are that are the similar that absolutely so the nhs is something Ah. that comes up on the doorstep rather a lot uh, whether it's waiting lists um access to gps um hospitals being blocked up with people really desperately wanting to be back at home um but the you know the some of the social care provision isn't there that people really need so across the board nhs comes up whether you are talking to people in bamford or norden um or different parts of the constituency and also the tories economic mismanagement i would have to say comes up right across the board uh, whether it's about people's mortgages or rent um or bills um or things to do with the food shop i think people People are really struggling um, in, in terms of some of the kind of longer term economic issues as well I think people are worried about um, opportunities for themselves and their families yeah. and for young people as well so it is interesting how we're seeing the same issues come up yeah. across the board um, and yeah. across the constituency and do you think it um, reiterates the importance of the NHS to, to people in this country we do see it as a bit of a national treasure don't we do we absolutely think? do yeah. I completely agree I think it's one of the things that we can be most proud of um, as a country and I think that everybody that I'm speaking to when I'm out campaigning feels exactly the same and they really do see it as so important and they just want it to work and they feel at the moment that it's it's not working for themselves and the families and everybody's got a story that they'll tell me about how a family member is is stuck on a waiting list or can't access the treatment that that they need Need, yeah yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely Um, now moving on we'd like to talk a bit about the campaign trail um, so obviously we're looking at the next general election to be around, um, you know, November potentially 2024. Um, and I mean, it could be as late as January 2025. Mm. Uh, we just don't know yet. So um, you're up against Chris Clarkson, the Conservative um, M- current MP. Yeah. Um, now, could you comment a little bit on Chris Clarkson as an MP? What do you gather from potentially experiences with him or things that you know about him? Has he achieved anything? Let's cut to the place. <laughs> I don't think he has achieved much for this area. I don't see him around um, when I'm in the constituency. And I don't think his government has achieved much for this area either. So I think in some ways it's no surprise that we don't see him around very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talking from a personal experience as well. So um, recently, well, not only recently, but also last year as well. I think all in all, I've sent seven emails to Chris Clarkson and not one of them has been uh, responded to. Wow. Um, so, I mean, as a as a constituent of Middleton and Haywood, I feel like we need greater representation. Yeah. And if, if you could provide that, then I would certainly be on board to, to have you as our elected representative. Um, so, the campaign trail, 
So, as obviously a Labour candidate, you'll be standing on the E5 missions. Yeah. Um, now, I had the pleasure to be in Manchester when um, Sir Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner and the rest of the Shadow Cabinet announced the five missions. So, would you be able to discuss a few of the five missions with us? Uh, yes, of course. I think the top one that's prioritised constantly at the moment is around growth in the economy. Uh, and I think that is so important. Um as I say, the cost of living is constantly being um, raised on the doorstep and one of the things that we've emphasised as part of that mission around growth um, is um, establishing Great British Energy, so a publicly mm. owned um, energy company um, which will so help us to keep now. bills down. Do yeah. you agree with that, Alison? I 100% agree with that because in the basic necessities of life of keeping yourself together is your gas, your electricity and your water. And I firmly believe that they should go back to being nationalised services or under some kind of government agreement or mandate because then this is one of the crux of the matter why people are struggling so much because bills have just gone up and up and up. I think mortgages is a more difficult area but certainly I would GB Energy... You've got my vote. What, what's, main, what's quite attractive um, as well with GB Energy is it, it works closely. It, it combines the private sector and the public yeah, sector, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Um, and I think that's quite appealing, especially to quite a diverse country where many prefer privatisation and others prefer nationalisation. So I think it, it finds a, a nice balance between them. So would that be like a hybrid model then? Yes, yeah. absolutely, that's yeah. right. It's about the private sector working in partnership with the public sector in that, yeah. in that hybrid approach, like you say. So would government be able to control the price to a certain extent? Um, I think to a certain extent, um, but not fully. Um, yeah. There would still be competition in the yeah. market. Yeah. But this is, this is what's interesting to me personally, is that Margaret Thatcher sold everything off, uh, believing that the competitors will keep bringing the prices down and have that competitive market. But that doesn't seem to be working. It seems like they've got a monopoly. Right, let's put the price up, lads. And the, when the prices come down, that's not being passed on mm. to the consumer. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think we see it in the big energy companies. And also the other example is the petrol companies that were just completely yeah. profiteering from the fuel crisis that we had recently. Yeah, um, yeah it's really it's really bad. Yeah, um, and also I think one of my issues with privatisation is that uh, under those circumstances the bosses uh, have uh, an obligation to deliver um, revenue to their shareholders. That is their number one priority and I think providing a service and the impact on the population is secondary always to that. And just to say about United Utilities, they're pumping sewage into it. That shouldn't be allowed. There should be, do you think there could be legislation against that? Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah in terms of the point you were um, making, first of all, um, about um, it needs to be people, not profit. These are public services that are run for people. I think that is exactly right. Uh, and yes, the Labour government actually uh, recently tried to bring forward legislation to stop stop all of this uh, sewage being pumped yeah. into our reservoirs and um, our, our the sea, um, but the Conservatives blocked it. So. And um, I believe Chris Clarkson actually voted in favour of pumping sewage into lakes <gasps> and reservoirs yes. as well. Yes, he did. So they actually voted 
for this practice. Yes, yeah. Mm. I find that quite shocking. Yeah. I thought the companies were just doing it on the QT. Didn't realise that they'd... So what was the rationale behind it, allowing sewage to be pumped into waters? I think the Conservatives, either they just don't get it or they don't care. Um, They're they're happy for these um, private companies just to kind of act with complete carte blanche and do whatever they want. I I can't see any other sort of rational explanation for it. Absolutely. Um, So now we'd like to discuss uh, future plans, if you're elected um, as an MP. Um, So would you like to talk about kind of the issues that you'd prioritise and potentially the policies that that, that you, you must align yourself with? Yeah, absolutely. I think the immediate priority, as I was always already uh, saying, for any incoming Labour government, if we are um, the ne- the government after the, ne- the next general election, has to be solving the cost of living crisis. Mm. Um, it's not that long since the Conservatives crashed the economy uh, in September. Um, people are really um, struggling with their household bills, as we were just discussing, so we really need to cut household bills. It's partly about establishing this Great British Energy um, Company, which, as I say, would be publicly owned. Um, It's also about decarbonising our electricity system as well. I think that's really important um, by 2030. But it's about putting money back into the pockets of ordinary uh, working people. And we've said that that would total uh, £93 billion back into people's pockets. I think that's really important. And it would also help with creating jobs, um, supply chains. And we've also said that as part of Great British Energy, we'd put uh, the profits back into local communities, into Haywood and Middleton as well well which I think is a really important uh, aspect of that policy. Um, Another priority for me and for the Labour Party is cutting bills to small businesses. Obviously things have been really hard for Mm. shops on the high street in Harewood and Middleton and I think it's really important that we go forward with what we've been saying around um, reducing business rates and Mm. other really key um, measures that that matter to to local businesses to really sort of kickstart the economy locally and make sure people are able to get back Mm. into those, those shops. Finally, that my uh, priority is always to do with my background. So it's about creating opportunities for people in Harewood and Middleton and working towards a future uh, where barriers to opportunity are really Mm. broken down at every single stage. So I've been really happy that Labour have been announcing things around childcare. So we've said that we'll have a much more affordable childcare system. We'll also have breakfast clubs for every child. So mums and dads can both go back out to work um, and that would be free for all children. I think that's really important and we've talked about recruiting more teachers and better careers advice but I think my main priority or one of my priorities for Haywood and Middleton is certainly about getting investment back into the Mm. area and so that when young people do um, finish uh, education or training they're able to work locally and they're also able to access really vital transport connections uh, into Manchester and other places mm. I think that's key yeah. uh, in terms of young people um, in this area being able to access jobs yeah I mean that sounds brilliant and it I does. would certainly welcome that that Thank work you. in the constituency yeah, me too um, something I'd like to ask you is recently and, and especially this has been the topic of conversation since obviously Johnson's honours list Um, Keir Starmer mentioned abolishing the House of Lords, um, or at least House of Lords reform. So, could I ask you your view on House of Lords reform? 
Absolutely. I think Rishi Sunak is completely um, embedded in internal party management at the moment and he's um, thinking about things to do with appointing uh, Boris Johnson's peers and that's kind of what he's has taken up his um, enti- a lot of his time over the last few months when he shouldn't be focusing on that, he should be focusing uh, on the cost of living crisis. I absolutely agree that the House of Lords uh, does need reform. Um, I think generally across the country we need to see more constitutional um, reform though in terms of devolution and I'm happy Mm. uh, with Gordon Brown's report when he said that we would be putting more power back uh, into the hands uh, of local uh, communities. I'd like to see more laws reform. I'd like to see um, maybe people from this region more represented and people um, from diverse um, backgrounds Mm. uh, represented uh, in our policy and decision making structures as well. Definitely. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I think you've answered some brilliant questions. Absolutely. Uh, very clearly. And yeah. not, not something you can say about many MPs in, the, <laughs> That's true. in our system. Particularly, Rishi Sunak was interviewed by Laura Coonsberg this morning and Ben Elton was asked to, for his opinion on the interview and he just said, well, he's dripping in vanity yeah. and he evades answering any questions and sits, sits with a script. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, could I ask you, um, Elsie, if you could give one message to your constituents now, what message would you give them? Not quite constituents yet. Oh yeah, future <laughs> constituents. Hopefully future constituents. I want them, um, people to understand that change is possible. Yes. Good government is possible. Yes. We can make things better. Hayward and Middleton... Bamford, Norden, Castleton, these are brilliant areas and they have so much potential, but this is not being realised by this Conservative government. We can make things better and I do hope that they'll trust me to be somebody that can help to make that change as their representative uh, in future and I look forward to meeting even more of them um, as I'm going around speaking to people over the next few weeks and months. Thank you. Um, Absolutely brilliant, Elsa. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It has been more than a pleasure. Please come back when you're an MP. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Alison. Thanks, Connor. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for listening to Pod Serve the King, and thank you again to Elsie for joining us in this episode. Remember, if you'd like to comment on any uh, talking points during this episode, feel free to email us at podsavethekingtwenty-two@gmail.com, or message us on Instagram at pod.save.the.king. Thank you very much. Thank you.